Welcome, I'm Amarachi Crystal, and you're listening to Live by Amarachi Podcast, where I and my guests share our life experiences, our views, and inform you from an analytical and mental health perspective. Make sure you subscribe so you can stay up to date with new episodes I upload. Leave a comment or review and follow me on Instagram at lifebyamarachipod to stay up to date with what's happening in my life and this podcast. You can also leave a voice message to ask questions you want answered or comments you want heard. All links would be in the show notes. Hello, hello. How's everyone feeling today? (laughs) I have to say that I'm feeling pretty good. I'm in a positive place emotionally and mentally, but the only thing is this week, for some reason, my schedule felt as though it's been chaotic, although it hasn't. I think I just couldn't find the time to record this episode. Because for one, a lot of noise and, you know, commotion in my house, on top of which they're doing construction outside, which makes it even more difficult to record because now the noise is inside of my recording. Then I tried to record while taking my walk and there was just way too much background noise. And then I lost one of my recordings. So this episode just felt like it just did not want to come out. (laughs) But I said, you know what, F this, I need to talk about this topic. It's been on my mind for a while now, for a long time now, but a lot more recently. So I just have to dive into this and talk about this, no matter what commotion is happening behind me, we're going to just push through. (laughs) So I am doing good. I am doing well. I've been a lot better emotionally and mentally as well, because I've been going back into my physical fitness which I've been lacking, not even just lacking, I've been slacking on for the past two years, you know, because I've just been narrow-mindedly focused on my mental health and readjustment of my lifestyle. So at this point, this end of year, normally this end of year is, is dreary and dark and low vibrational, But for me, it has been a lot more enlightening and light and free because I feel like I finally have a bit of control of how I want my life to lead. Although, yes, I may not be completely happy with where I'm living, but I'm especially happy with the person that I've chosen to become. And this episode actually is going to show a bit of how I got to the space that I'm in right now. So we're just going to go right into it before this bloody construction pisses me the right off. (laughs) So this episode came up because in my own personal life, I've been working with my therapist to figure out why 
I have a, a bit of an incompassionate bonds when I see that someone plays the victim all the time. Although I do understand what they're going going through, I do have a bit of an incompassionate response. So in therapy, my therapy, my, my therapist is like, process that, process what that emotion is when you're dealing with someone that comes to you to sort of vent about a problem. But at the same time, when they're venting their problems are the same and it hasn't really moved or changed, they're pretty much still complaining about the same thing. Dig a little bit deeper as to why that bothers you a lot more. And when watching the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion and watching how Han and Viv sort of spoke about her life experience and her career experience and how she blames Will Smith for, well, she said 30 years, he says 27 years of a career failure. I just could not feel sympathetic for her in that respect because I'm like, yes, he played a hand in what you went through but he's not in control of how you move as a singular independent human being. He wasn't in your life continuously tormenting you to the place where you couldn't physically move or mentally move to change the trajectory of your life. You can't blame him for every single failure of your life. When I started to say that, I started to think about what it is to have a victim mentality. And so this episode is definitely going to focus on how having this mindset is is stopping us from progressing in life and career and in love and whatever the case may be. Um, I want to dig a little bit deeper into it. So we're going to shoot right into this, into this episode. And just to prepare you guys, there will be a, a lot of definitions of terminologies because I want for me at least, is the best way that I understand exactly what things mean so that I'm able to to work on it and process it a lot better. So I'm going to be defining a couple of a few words for you guys to understand, as well as, you know, giving examples in Janet Huber's experience and my own personal experience to support these terms. Let's get into it, guys. So the first word that I'm going to focus on is victim. So what exactly does victim mean? A victim is a person who has been adversely affected by a force or agent, someone who has been injured, destroyed, or sacrificed under any of various conditions, someone who has been subjected to oppression, hardship, or mistreatment, or someone who has been tricked or duped. If you've experienced any of this, if you've been injured in a in any kind of way, if you've been destroyed in any kind of way, um, if you've been a, a form of sacrifice of in any kind of if in any kind of way, um, if you've been subjected to oppression a sense of hardship in life and mistreatment, if you've been tricked or duped, you know, you have been a victim in that sense. And speaking about Janet Huber, she started to become a victim, as she described, um, when she, I guess, started to see that 
her marriage was an abusive marriage. She said that to Will Smith that a lot of the cast didn't understand what she was going through at home with her partner. So Janet Hubert was a victim there. She also explained that the way that Will Smith sort of spoke about her may have also put her into a, a place of being a victim again. And on top of that, her family disowning her after what Will Smith said, that again also put her in a place to be a victim again. Um, I'm sure she felt destroyed when it came down to all of these things that were happening to her. Let's be frank, she was mistreated on all three ends of the people around her. Now, I wanted to move on where being a victim is one thing and then having a victim mentality is another thing. When you're a victim, you can't see a way out of your situation. You start to form a victim mentality. When you've been in the victim seats for so long, it is going to be hard for you to sort of see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're not going to see, you're not going to have a lot of hope, pretty much. You're going to be in a very dark space, mentally and emotionally, which will create a, a victim mentality for you. Now, a victim mentality is a personality trait where a person who has been victim to someone else's actions begins to believe that all of their misfortune in life is due to someone else's doing. A victim mentality is a form of avoidance. It's a way of avoidance to take responsibility for your own self and your own life. Um, as a result of this form of avoidance, a person who carries a victim mentality may avoid stepping outside of their comfort zones. They may avoid making difficult decisions or doing anything to improve the state of their life. They don't progress or grow in a sense of self and in life accomplishments. In Janet Hubert's case, her victim mentality sort of started really early on, even before Will Smith um, made um, Will Smith did that interview on her, calling her difficult and bitter and all of that. You know, all of those other terms that are harmful to a person in business, especially a person in Hollywood. But her victim mentality sort of started early on before her, you know, her renewed contract. Because of what she was going through at home with her spouse, she just didn't feel like she could trust anyone in anyone at all, which meant that she couldn't trust anyone in, in cast. Um, she sort of started to isolate herself from the group not really spending quality time with them, not really opening up with opening up to them and allowing them to know what was going on with her. That that to me was the beginning of her downfall because if she had tried to open up to them, maybe they could have helped her with her situation. But obviously she doesn't know when she's in it. She doesn't know when she's feeling it. Um, I'm sure there, there weren't any examples of someone dealing with victim mentality in front of her to allow her to know that she has a safe space, you know. Being in a domestic abusive relationship, there is a level of um, embarrassment when it comes down to 
to the victim. I mean, being in any domestic abusive situation is is there is a level of embarrassment. You know, you tend to beat yourself up as as much as the person who's beating you up. You know, I'll speak to my own experience growing up in a very dysfunctional family dynamic. I definitely didn't feel safe with anyone else outside of my home. If you can't trust the people in your house, the people who are meant to be, I, I wouldn't even say supposed to be, but people who are meant to be there for you as a child, how then can you go out into, into the world and trust people out there? Jenna Huber's situation after Will Smith's interview, her own family turned their back on her. Who does she really have? She definitely felt like she had nobody. She absolutely felt like she had nobody. And I could relate to being in a space like that. I could definitely relate to to being in a space like that. But also, I had to kind of question her and say, knowing that you may not have anyone else around you, why didn't you think you had your own self? Maybe not everyone else is trustworthy, but there are still good people out in the world. And I guess that's that's the difference between someone who has a victim mentality and also has a very pessimistic, cynical, and and critical, you know, point of view. If you have a very pessimistic mentality as well, you're never going to see the good in everything or the positivity in everything. To compare her and I, although I may have gone through what I was going through in life, I always said, I I don't know what ancestral energy is in me, but whatever is in me, I would would fight to, to be different and do different every single time I feel like I'm, I'm stuck in one place. I will fight to, to be and do different. That is the reason why, you know, I, I changed a lot of the, the ways that I used to be. And I did that gradually as I grew up. You know, if I saw something that I wasn't really happy about in my life, I completely changed it. But I won't say it was easy. I still behaved in certain ways that were sabotaging, which brings me to to speaking about self-sabotage and how I self-sabotaged and also how Janet Huber turned her victim mentality into a very self-sabotaging mentality. A lot of the things that I went through was not an easy feat at all. It was not an easy feat. At times, that victim mentality broke me apart. It really, really sunk me down into very dark into into very dark spaces in life, <laughs> to where, in a sense, I started to misbehave. You know, that's kind of what we call misbehavior when you started to, when you start to act out of out of character, and when you start to act as if you're not considerate of other people around you. It's a like self sabotage is a bit of a selfish. Um, action and selfish action in a in a very very negative way. You know, we could have selfish ac- actions that are positive way. You know, that's kind of where ter- um, self care comes into play, taking care of yourself. You know, protecting your energy, not coming out of place, not coming out of character, not coming out of your true natural energy. That's a selfish act, but it's a positive selfish act. A negative selfish act is, you know, being so easily triggered that you're exploding all the time, 
and and you know you're you're being so greedy because you feel like you didn't get anything so now no one else can get anything at all you know that's a selfish act and a very self-sabotaging act as well when you're not standing within your true self you are sabotaging your true self i'm going to define exactly what self-sabotage is before i go into um, giving examples between my life and Janet Huber's life. The first time she self-sabotaged was not being able to push through her fear of trust and actually depend on her cast. Because the way that it looks, they have a good bond. They found support in each other. She, in going through what she was going through and being in a space of of victimhood, she isolated herself from the group, not being able to give herself the chance to to get to get the support that she didn't have at home. I felt like at least, um, rest in peace, James Avery sounded like he's a person that could have really helped her in her situation. You know, the way everyone spoke about him, I would think she would have went to him and spoke about what was going on at home, you know, especially being that they were playing a married couple on television. I'm sure they had a lot of scenes together that they had to study together. Um, I would have, if I was her at least in that, in that scenario, I would have been hyper open about everything in order to even build chemistry with someone. You, you're going to have to give a bit of yourself to them, even a bit of your your vulnerable self, like, for example, how Will Smith, when he had that father scene, you know, you know with, with James Avery, and when he said James Avery, in a sense, pushed him to really tap into that vulnerable place in order for him to be a better actor. That little thing in itself, I would have thought Janet Hubert, you know, would have also been a person like that. If you are a a, a trained actor, you have to know that you have to dive deep into a, into all of your dark spaces in life to draw up that that genuine emotion and put that into your character. You know, um, see self sabotage in that sense. I don't want to seem insensitive, and this is the reason why I'm making this episode because I don't want to seem insensitive when speaking about her, but. We have to be real and we have to be honest about the little bits of our personality that is self-sabotaging. Not being vulnerable, not sharing your story, and not opening up is a form of self-sabotage. Not feeling as though you can trust other people with your life experiences that were super hard on you is a form of self-sabotage. Holding on to your victim experience is a form of self-sabotage. Let's be honest and real about that. I had to be honest and real about it to myself. Obviously, it's scary as hell to tell people that you are in an abusive relationship. It is scary as hell because you are afraid of how they're going to see you. And you are also afraid of, of what the other person is going to face when you reveal that they are abusive. In this podcast, I'll be frank about this because I feel like self-sabotage has played a huge role in my life. 
and it comes with the guilt factor of exposing, you know, the way that I was growing up, exposing the way that I was being treated at home, being afraid that it will continue to be the same if I told people outside, or even being afraid as a kid that, you know, they would take me away from my family if I complained that um, my dad smacked me across my face or my brother smacked me across my face or, you know, my family beat me up to the point where my blood was spilled. You know, I have been afraid to tell that story. You know, I still have, I don't even think I told that story fully um, on this podcast, but I've experienced a lot of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, scary things, you know, at home. And um, being afraid to talk about that um, has stood in my way of progress. And another note is waiting for my family to apologize for what they did has also stood in the way of my progress. And to relate to Janet Hubert, her waiting for Will Smith for 30 years or 27 years in order for her to feel like she can now move on with her life, that is a, the biggest form of self-sabotage. I started to see myself do that in 2017 when I started to date people that just reminded me of my family members that abused me. They had the same kind of easy aggression, you know, short temper. They um, were verbally abusive. They were dismissive. I started to date people like that. My last relationship was was a big, was the biggest example of that kind of characteristics um, where she played victim all the time. And she also had a short fuse and a short temper that was a bit abusive, that was a bit toxic. And when I started to recognize that I was now dating my demons, I was now dating people who were abusive towards me, that was when I had to snap out of it and say, I need to go to, I was already going to therapy to try to help the relationship. But I, I wasn't clicking on to that I needed to go to therapy for myself in order to heal from all of these demons because they're showing up at, in extreme ways and they're showing up in my romantic partnerships. A little bit in my friendship, but a lot in my romantic partnerships. So in my last relationship in 2017, that was why I started to say, fuck this shit, I'm going to stop partying. Um, because a lot of my money was going towards partying and being social. I'm going to completely isolate myself and focus, not completely isolate myself. I still hung out with my close friends and the people who still supportive and understanding that I wasn't going to see them at the club anymore or the bar anymore, that I was, you know, that I needed a little bit of one-on-one time. I still hung out with those people and those people were true to me. You know, the other, the others were not. They, they sort of disappeared as soon as I stopped going to these party events and, you know, bars and all that stuff. But I sort of, you know, so I basically just focused on myself. I selfishly took my self-care to the extreme. I cut off, I cut off the, the self-sabotaging behaviors and the roadblocks I started to see that my money was going to to the bars and to the social events and not going towards my wellness. I, I absolutely snapped out of it and I, I started to go to therapy hardcore, which I feel like was the 
biggest change in my life today. It's the biggest change in my life. Although, yes, I'm still adjusting to this new life that I chose for myself. I am proud that I I stopped making excuses for why things were happening to me. I stopped blaming other people for why I wasn't moving in life. And I stopped waiting for other people to apologize for the nonsense that they that they did to me for you know for basically putting me into the victim seat. I stopped waiting for that apology. For Janet Hubert, I feel like she in, in within the 27 30 years she had opportunity to snap out of it and really start taking control over her life just because Will Smith had an opinion of her that she knew was false doesn't mean she had to feed into it and she fed into it by creating response videos and lashing out at everyone in the cast that was a self-sabotaging action if she possibly didn't put a lot of energy in doing that video, if she just focused on on building her career all over again, and obviously Hollywood may not have worked, but there's other ways that she could build her career and put her name back on the map. As they say, she could have rised above it. If she rose above it or even had the tools to rise above it, maybe within... Three years after that Will Smith interview, her life would have changed. I, I'm sure, I feel, I feel I do feel sympathy for her because I'm sure she didn't have the tools to do it. And I'm sure, I'm definitely sure at that at that age, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s, therapy wasn't as popularized as, as it is now. Of course, a lot of people still may have that, that stigma about therapy. I'd say in the last couple of years, where therapy has, especially 2020, therapy has been pushed a lot for people to see as something beneficial to them. I just wish she had better people around her. I wouldn't even say better people around her because no one is responsible for you but you. She gave Will Smith a lot of responsibility for how the world viewed her, not knowing that she that she had responsibility to change how the world view her, which brings me to what accountability truly means. Because I feel that that Janet Huber didn't didn't take accountability for any part that she played in her own demise or career demise, so to speak. She did not take a lot of responsibility for that. Even a recent interview I watched. They wanted to get her her perspective on how she felt after the conversation she had with Will Smith. She said, actually, I might put the clip on here because I, I feel like you guys need to hear her say it to get where I'm coming from. So I'm going to put the clip on here and then elaborate a lot more as to where I feel she just did not take responsibility. Before I go into exactly what I think about what she just said, I want to give the definition of what accountability means. So accountability is the quality or state of being accountable, especially an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or to take account for your actions. 
Now that the dust is all settled, are you able to fully accept his apology? Absolutely. That's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because all I ever wanted back was my reputation. Mm -hmm. That's all I've been asking for for 27 years. And it wasn't so much, you know, Will's words were it started the initial war of 27 years later. But when he said, I thought you hated me. Mm -hmm. So that, I, and, and Donald Trump and this administration and COVID and all of the losses that we've had in this world, it's time for the hate to stop. Mm -hmm. um, they gave me, I didn't find out about the reunion invite until the day, a day before I was to fly out and go to the reunion. Um, they had been trying to get in touch with me to no avail. Um, so when I found out and asked whose idea it was, and they said it was Will's, I had to go. Yeah. Because I wanted this to be over. Mm -hmm. Desperately wanted this to be over. I said I wasn't going to serve another 27-year life sentence. It's a great so, point. Can I ask question? Sure, absolutely. I was so touched. I'm not sure if you can hear me, but I was so touched when I saw it just, I saw this relief mm -hmm. come over you, this wave of yeah. relief. And then you, you reached out to hug him, mm -hmm. which looked to me like he so desperately needed that, but so did you. And you know, I, I, I want to tag team on that question. I wanted to ask you because <laughs> it seemed like there, were, like you'd been through a lot of darkness. Do you feel lighter now that this weight is lifted off your shoulders? It's starting to. Okay. You can't give me back 27 years mm -hmm. of what was taken away because understand, the time when my son was a baby was taken away from me. That all that time of my late 30s, all of my 40s, all of my 50s, half of my 60s, with being labeled a difficult bitch. That's hard to let go. It's starting. It's starting with the outpouring of love and support from people um, and working on my own project, you know, my children's project, making my own way. I've had to make my own way because there was no one to save me. There was no one to reach out to. There was no Oprah. There was no Ayana. There was no, there was no Dr. Phil that could do this. Only Will could do this. And it was always only between he and I. So, yes, we've been communicating back and forth. Um, text messaging, and it feels really good. And when I did hug him, I, I hugged him and he hugged me back for real because we both needed it so desperately from each other. So I'm not used to showing that kind of vulnerability unless I'm acting, mm -hmm. you know, in a role um, because people have been so cruel. Right. So, yeah, it, it feels good. It's starting to really feel good. Just hearing her speak right there just just sort of still makes me feel sad for her. Especially when she said it feels good to not be in a 27-year life prison. That part really like hit me. But I also question, did the world put you in a life prison or did you put yourself in a in a life prison? You know. We, we speak a lot about people and the words that people say and words hurt and words absolutely hurt. But is there a sense of self that has been ripped away that we are finding hard to get back? When we have a victim mentality, it says that I don't have a sense of self anymore. I need validation from everyone else in order to feel like myself. With the victim mentality, you're giving other people responsibility for you and how you feel about yourself and how you move in this world. Having that mentality, you're absolutely giving up your entire 
power, your autonomy. This is why I feel like a lot of us, we may not know the depths of why we push self-care so much so, but I will say that self-care, at least for me, self-care is my way of gaining autonomy over myself. Is my way of gaining my own power. It's my way of, of, you know, feeling as though I have true individuality, a true identity where no, no matter what anyone else says, I have me first. No matter what anyone else tries to do or speak about of me, I stand in my own power. That is what self-care means to me, at least. I don't know if it means the same way to everyone else. But to me, self-care means that. It means when I feel like I'm losing my power, I pour into myself in order to gain that power back so that no one can break me. We are going to have people out there with their own insecurities, pushing their insecurities onto, onto you making you feel less than when they generally feel less than. We're going to have those bullies out there in our lives. They're going to show up in many different ways. That's why a lot of people, I feel, do not understand why we meditate, why we push spending time alone, getting past that level of loneliness, and really enjoying the company that is you. I wish I, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not a therapist yet, but trust me, I'm doing, taking courses to be one. But because I created this podcast and I created this platform, I want to start doing the work and showing people that you don't have to sit in the victim seat any, anymore. You have to wake up and take accountability for how you stand in your own way and how you give everyone else the power over you. You have to wake up and start making these changes because Janet Hubert's saying all she wanted, all she needed was his apology. It's the same as saying she needed to be validated by Will Smith in order to get out of her 27-year prison. And that prison is a mental prison because I could see a lot of ways that Janet Hubert could have take control of her life, take account of her life, have autonomy over herself, and truly, truly shift the way the world saw her. We see a lot of people do good. I will use, for example, let's say um, Robert Downey Jr. for one. He was known as like most likely a problematic human being. And he was known as an addict for a long time. He he battled with addiction. And look at him now. I feel like that's the kind of stories that we want to see when it comes down to people. When we see people fighting their demons, that's the kind of hero stories we want to see. We don't. I don't want to see a hero story that someone is going around saving other people, which is also good. I want to see the hero story of someone saving themselves from, from the pit of pits of hell rising above the, their, their own personal hell. That is the kind of hero story that I love to see. When I say that I'm obsessed with growth, I'm obsessed with seeing my growth. I'm obsessed with seeing other people's growth. I'm obsessed with seeing someone just do so great to climb above all of their fears. I'm obsessed with seeing that. That's why 
I even love Red Table Talk. And I love seeing Will Smith really, really work on himself and say, you know what? I don't want to be in that prison anymore either. But I'm not going to wait for someone to say, I'm sorry for me to do it. And it's just sad that Janet Hubert was waiting for someone to unlock a prison that she was in that was not locked to begin with. Will Smith did not have control over her career. She had control over her career. I don't know if she's seeking therapy, but even at 80 years old or whatever, a little bit of therapy does not hurt because you want to be able to enjoy the rest of your life feeling free, feeling your 100% self. You know, it's never too late to heal. Like I think I said the last episode, it is never too late to heal. It doesn't matter what age that you're in. Getting yourself out of that mental prison definitely benefits the rest of your life and how the end of your days, so to speak, goes. I've been uh, pushing my mom to kind of go there. Not pushing my mom, actually, but, you know, just advising her to sort of talk to other people, not me, about her issues. Although I'm good with, with, you know, moral and emotional support, I can't be that for her all the time because I'm supposed to be her child. You know what I mean? But in the conversations that we do have with me and my mom, it is helpful. It is a mutual one. Well, at least it's becoming a mutual one where I'm not always giving her advice Um, where I'm starting to feel a little bit more heard and listened to because that was really hard for me growing up. I never felt heard or listened to by her. So knowing that she's resting more and not working a lot and she's sitting at home and, you know, really getting to know herself a little bit more as well. The conversations that I've been having with her has, has really been helpful. It feels really good to see the little bit of growth in my mom because the woman that she is right now, she was not before. Um, and her story is thick too. She has been in the victim seats and she definitely has a victim mentality because of all the stuff that she went through. I've been trying to have a bit more compassion for her. It comes with me having a lot of compassion for myself too. You know, kind of forgiving myself for a lot of the shit that I did in the past. Um, That brings me to forgiveness and how forgiveness works and what forgiveness means. Forgiveness means to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. I want us to focus on that on that word someone because at times we feel like we have to forgive other people and we forget that we also have to forgive ourselves. We have to forgive ourselves for our flaws. We have to forgive ourselves for offending ourselves sometimes when we have those deep-rooted self-doubts. We also have to forgive ourselves for making mistakes. In Janice Hubert's case, the mistake she made was, I'd say, when she realized, if if she realized, I'm going to be objective about this, if she realized that her marriage was abusive, I would love to know how long she stayed in her marriage I would love to know even how her child, I think she said in this short interview right here, that her child was taken away from her when he was born. I would love to know why. I would love to know any other mistakes that she's made in life. I would love to know if she 
like why they happened and if she truly forgives herself herself for those happenings first yeah she would have to take responsibility for staying in an abusive and loveless marriage she will have to forgive herself for her child being taken away from her because it's probably not even completely her fault but i'm sure she feels a level of guilt in that situation she will also i say also has to forgive herself for response videos to the cast of freshman sub she will also have to forgive herself for that because yes she felt the way she felt and she felt that you know she has to express her, her herself but she didn't really express herself in a way that was conducive to how the world saw her and also her growth it just kind of fueled the anger that she already had she will have to definitely take responsibility for that in order for her to forgive herself when you start forgiving yourself for the self-sabotaging actions and in thoughts patterns that you're having you begin to release a lot of guilt you begin to release a lot of weight on your shoulders i had to forgive myself for a lot of the ways that i was behaving in reaction to how I was treated at home. I had to really sit through in therapy. It took a while, honestly. I think I'm finally here now where I truly have forgiven myself for the things that I've done in the past that although it was in reaction to how I was treated, it also caused a lot more damage between the relationships in my life. I had to forgive myself for the partners that I was choosing because I learned why I was choosing those kind of people. I took responsibility for for why I was choosing them and then started to forgive myself for choosing them. I, I wanted to stop blaming other people for my shit, to be honest. I, I got tired of being a victim all the time. I got tired of, you know, being in that seat all the time. And I also got tired of judging other people that, that were in that seat because I was doing the same thing to myself. I was judging other victims because I saw myself in them. You know, but I didn't want to take responsibility for continuously sitting, choosing to sit in that victim seat, not knowing that I have all of the power to get out of that seat. Yes, someone did something to me that caused me to be a victim, but I also have the power to not sit in that seat anymore. But if if Janet, I just hope Janet Huber works on truly forgiving herself for a lot of the things that she lightly mentioned you know she did say she has a hard time being vulnerable and it starts there it starts with being vulnerable with yourself and being vulnerable with the world in a sense in her case she is a big star so being vulnerable with the world it starts there that's where healing truly truly starts being able to revisit those dark places revisit those dark experiences and even sharing it with the world or with the people closest to you even sharing it with a stranger like a therapist which i still feel everyone should go to that begins the healing I truly, truly hope this was helpful. I will love to continue this conversation and I will continue to talk about victim mentality and victimhood and self-sabotage and 
these these words and these terminologies are the reasons why a lot of us cannot get past a lot of our experiences in order to be our best selves. I'll definitely continue to speak about it, but I truly hope that this episode was helpful for you guys. And if you have any commentary, if you have any questions, I think the best way to even send questions to me and send voice um, messages to me is by clicking the link on um, the show notes. I think Spotify is the best way to do that. So if you go on Spotify or if you have a Spotify account, go and click on the episode show notes and you'll be able to see all the links that I put up there for you guys to click on. And I think one of the links is where you can leave a voice message for me. Um, even if, even even if the voice message is is simply a comment, that would be great as well. I would love to replay it on on future episodes. You could be anonymous. I don't mind. Um, that's up to you. That's your business. <laughs> um, but just just to hear from you guys would be really great, um, especially on this topic. But I definitely hope this has been you helpful. I'm a little bit exhausted of talking, so I won't give a a quote, but I will post a quote up on my Instagram for this podcast. But yeah, I will have to check you guys later. Take care, please. Take care. Oh, I forgot. Before I go, there won't be an episode next week. That means there won't be an episode on the 10th. I'll be out of town, but the following week, the 17th and so forth, there will be episodes. So stay tuned and I'll check you guys later. Thank you so much for listening and sharing space with me today. And remember to take care of yourself and your mental health because you all deserve it.